pullover. Lean in. It's time for the Soft Shoulder Podcast. I am your host, Danette Relic of Radical Creative Sanctuary, inviting spaciousness for your mind and your heart. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. The Soft Shoulder is your time. Your time to slow down and fuel up on self-love support so you can make the most of your gorgeous life. Join me here. Everyone needs a soft shoulder. Hello, sweet listener. Welcome to another episode of The Soft Shoulder. It is the holiday season and... As I was thinking about what to offer you, what self-love pep talk to offer you, of course, I was thinking about this season and the particular things that challenge us around this time, um, specific self-care needs that get heightened around this time. But today's episode is basically for people who are just going through a rough time. Maybe you've been there for a while, maybe you're just entering this time of challenge, something big, something transitional, and things just suck. (laughs) So um, if this is you, I welcome you here. This soft shoulder pep talk is for you. Uh, And I'm going to give you three ways to help deal with being in a time where things just kind of suck. Sometimes the circumstances of our lives uh, throw us curveballs. Um, all come at once. There's just certain things in life that are challenging, asking a lot of us, and sometimes they all come at the same time. And, um, you know, I, I'm a believer of the law of attraction. I'm a believer of positive thinking. I know that self-love can really transform your whole experience of life. And I know that sometimes things just suck and it's really important Um, And I think it is a self-loving thing to be able to acknowledge it and to be allowed that space to feel the feelings and to experience the challenge. Um, And, uh, and also, um, you know, lean into the direction of hope. So I'm going to talk a bit about how to do that when you're here. What's particularly challenging, I think, is this, um, there's momentum, I don't know if there's a law of momentum. (laughs) Is that one of the universal laws? Um, Where basically when things are bad, it's easier for them to get worse. And when things are good, it's easier for them to get even better. And mindset plays a role in this, of course, you know, but like when you're in danger, you are more sensitive to like, oh God, like I hope there's not more danger (laughs) and you'll be looking around for it more. Um, If things, wonderful things are happening, you might look around for like, what else is going to happen? What other wonderful things are going to happen? Now, I want to be really clear that I'm not, not to not mistake this for trauma responses. Um, So I've learned a lot more about trauma in the last two years since my brain injury. And uh, the best metaphor I have is this. So mindset work and personal growth work and imagination and creativity and all of those things that we have access to that can really change how we create our lives, how we experience our lives. That's like having the power to summon 
architects and to summon like materials and have trees grow so that there's wood provided and have people come from all over to build, say, a dream home. Like if the home is your dream, um, your mindset and your positive thinking, your creativity, imagination, all that stuff. Um, you know, if you're thinking really scarce you know, miserable thoughts, you're not going to build some beautiful home. If you are thinking like the world is abundant and where is this magic going to come from? And you're like thinking with love and creativity, you can build really anything you want. And this is provided that the land um, can support (laughs) the building, right? So sometimes we experience things like a trauma and the nervous system is affected. And that's basically like the land you're building on has been affected by, let's say, a natural disaster or a flood. And it's particularly sensitive and needs a special kind of attention to rebuild, to regain its strength and equilibrium so that it can support the structure that you're building on it. Does this make sense? I was very pleased with this metaphor. (laughs) So if the land has been devastated for some reason and it's unable to support a new building, your focus needs to be on resting and healing the land. So and seeing someone who is qualified to support you through trauma related healing. So that'll be different for everybody. And that's not what I'm talking about here when I say bad things get worse and we look for worse things like, um, That is, I'm speaking for the rest of this um, with the assumption that you have land to build on. Because I know when I first was um, in quite a state uh, in the earlier days of my brain injury, um, I was trying so hard to build the house. I was trying so hard to use the mindset work. I was trying really hard to like think positively and do all these amazing. I was like, I have all these tools. <laughs> I'm a self-love coach. I've studied all these things. I, I have these amazing things at my disposal. And what I just didn't, I was so frustrated. What I didn't get was that my land had been devastated and it wasn't the time to build yet. It didn't mean that those skills aren't completely magical, powerful, and incredible. It's just that you need the land to support the use of those tools. So um, that said, um, you know, if that is you, if you're in a time where like you really need your soil (laughs) to be restored, this is a time for rest. Um, the soil might need nourishment. Don't exhaust yourself with building. Uh, that might actually set you back further, right? If you have like land, it's, you know, had a huge flood and everything's all like messed up and then you build something on top of it, you might just be creating more work or more stress on the land itself. Um, what you really would need is more soothing, more calm, more compassion and to direct your energy to the long game right? Like, I know you want the house. Trust me. I was in the middle of building some amazing personal projects uh, at a point in my life where I felt I was getting real momentum. And then when I slipped and fell, I had to put all of that on hold for this rest time, this healing time with no end in sight. It's really, really devastating. And if that's where you are, my heart is with you. And I understand. Um, But if you think about the long game, which is an act of faith, sometimes when you can't see an end and you're not sure and you're scared and you're in a traumatized state, um, looking at that long game means like, let's not start 
building shit all over the, <laughs> the flooded land. Um, let's think about what, you know, we could maybe build in three years once the land is, uh, has been settled or is stronger or we have other solutions. Um, so anyhow, I offer you that metaphor and I want to say that for the rest of this episode to not mistake anything I'm saying for like a traumatized state. This is considering that we have land and it's strong and it can support whatever we want to build on it. And right now, <laughs> things kind of suck. So um, what to do? So when things kind of suck and it's easier for things to get. <laughs> okay. Are you listening to this and being like, Danette, you are not helping me. Like I am in the middle of like a really crappy time and you're telling me that it's actually just easier for this to get worse. Yes, but hang on a second. Okay, let's look at what I mean by this. What's an example of how this is true, right? So let's say everything's going great and then you get sick or you, you know, sprain your ankle or something like that. And because of the sprained ankle, you're unable to do the job that you normally do. And if you're unable to do the job that you normally do, and let's say you're self-employed, um, that means that your income suddenly lowers or disappears. And so now you have this, you know, sprained ankle, you're not able to work, money is dwindling. Um, that could definitely change your health. That could definitely impact your mental health. It could definitely impact how you spend time, the hobbies that used to like perk you up and like make you happy. Maybe you can't because your ankle sprained. And maybe those things that used to make you happy were like how you dealt with anxiety. So now you don't have like snowshoeing and dancing <laughs> to deal with your anxiety because your ankle is sprained. And maybe these, you know, snowshoe dances are where you socialized. Maybe that was where your friendships were. Maybe that's where community was. You see how very quickly this can kind of snowball into like, a lot of things to cope with where we start with a sprained ankle and all of a sudden it's like relationships, belonging, hope, money, resources. You might need extra therapy for the sprained leg, but then you're not working. And so you might find it much more difficult to even afford the kind of treatments that you need, right? So it's really easy to see how that can go. On the other side of things, let's say you get this new opportunity, some kind of new job, and um, or you meet a new person or you meet a new community, some kind of boost comes into your life, a little fun circumstance, not a sprained ankle, but like something else that's really fun and exciting. That could be thrilling. So you might be happier. You might feel some more energy. You might be curious about what else is going to happen now. You might now be introduced to different people at this new job. You might find out that you have new talents that were undiscovered until now. That might make you feel a lot more confident all of a sudden, which will give you a lot more resources, more money, more resilience. And then, wow, you're just so attractive because you're just this positive, excited person who's living their purpose and doing great things. And then maybe your love life starts to bloom in a new direction. Maybe you just get have more people around you to help. There's more ease. There's more hope. It can really snowball in the other direction. I'm picturing sort of like a mountain where there's momentum on either side and I'm picturing snowballs <laughs> going down. Um, and one is the way where things kind of suck and one is the way where things are awesome. So um, I know that this is challenging to hear, especially when you're on that kind of crappy side of the mountain. 
And if you are there, I want to acknowledge this. I see you. I know it's challenging and maybe messy, but we all have these times. We are all, we all spend time on both sides of the mountain. And so I offer you and I invite you to give a lot of compassion for yourself for where you are. Remember that you deserve love and mercy and that we all go through these times. There is good news. And I can give you a game-changing tip on how to move from the things are crappy side of the mountain (laughs) to the things are awesome side of the mountain. More on that, uh, specifically a how-to in a moment. Um, I will share my personal story with this, my most recent personal story with this. Obviously, as I mentioned, my concussion uh, turned into uh, a brain injury that took a lot longer to heal. So when you get a concussion, by the way, I have a whole draft. (laughs) I want to do an episode specifically on this topic. Um, I've had a lot of people reach out and ask about it. It's been very difficult to put together for many reasons. Um, So I will just disclaimer, obviously, I'm not a doctor. My, (laughs) My descriptions of what I think concussions are and how they're experienced are just personal and they change constantly. But basically, if everyone um, wakes up every day, let's say with like a um, a gas tank, right? Enough energy to get through the day. And we all have the same size canteen, gas tank, whatever. So when you have a brain injury, you basically are waking up with like a third of what you're used to waking up with right from the beginning. So usually it's full every day. Like you might exhaust it. You might have a big day where you use a lot of energy. Yes, you might get tired. Um, You might like really feel like you're overwhelmed, but then you go to sleep, you wake up and it just refills again and you can, you can bounce back. Um, When you have a concussion, you not only have, let's say like a third, you wake up every day with a third, but it actually requires way more than that usual gas tank just to get through the day. So what used to take you one tank of gas might actually take you three tanks of gas, except you're not even getting the one tank, you're getting a third. So it's like, kind of feel like you're being set up to lose really (laughs) this whole energy situation. And that's, you know, was my experience. And this is like, you know, getting through the day. This is like thinking and doing laundry and fixing yourself breakfast. Like we're not even talking of like what we know, being productive or any of that stuff. Like that's quite a luxury at that point. So with that loss of energy, um, I've lost mobility, right? It's like not having that kind of energy, being so um, cautious about how to spend it, what to spend it on, what I need to save it on. It's like, you know, imagine driving out and you only have this little bit of gas. It's like you're like, oh, I, I'd really love to go over to that mountain or I'd really like to drive by that field of flowers, but I'm afraid that I won't get home. And that's a real consequence of just like burning out. And if you're not in a safe place and you're not in a like for me, that safe place was just to be at home. Um, I could, you know, have have my brain just stop working really and just be in a complete fog in a public place without any ability to make decisions. And I I don't mean like life decisions. I mean like, uh, (laughs) where am I? And how do I get home? And how do I walk onto this bus? And like, what do I do next? Like just basic stuff, right? So it was, um, 
you know, that's just moving around. So never mind like exercising, dancing, moving, any of that kind of stuff would cause dizziness and all kinds of other symptoms. So all of a sudden you have, you know, an exercise and fitness obviously brings wonderful things to our brain health and to our physical health and uh, mental health. So um, again, my gas tank is low and then, you know, I'm not being as mobile. So I'm even losing energy from that. Um, And, you know, losing the ability to communicate very frequently. It would be overwhelming to have phone conversations, um, even text and email, like reading and screens were really difficult. But even just thinking about someone might ask a question and I didn't realize, God, I have such an appreciation for our brains. I just, I know I've said that a whole lot of times (laughs) in the last year anyway. It's amazing how much energy it takes to do things that I used to just think nothing of, like having a, a phone conversation versus texting, speaking to someone in person that I know or that I don't know. Um, it's 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 just really fascinating how, um, how much energy this takes and how many decisions you're actually making in the moment. Um, along with all this, I lost many things. So yeah, the ability to take in and process information, um, learning, uh, ability to work in some capacities, that led to a loss of income. And because I do what I love to do, and at the time I was also teaching a lot of writing classes, I was a part of a community, I was um, really filled by a sense of purpose doing a lot of that work. So along with this became, you know, it turned into a loss of identity and ultimately a loss of friends. When you're dealing with um, a brain injury with no idea when or if it's going to heal because it's so difficult to find information and examples of this. Um, Like I needed to learn more than ever about brains and healing, but had a compromised ability to learn and process information. And, you know, going to a grocery store would like, you know, trigger panic attacks and the light would feel like painful. Like it's just, it was amazing. So it was very easy for me to see how quickly that snowball can go. I should, you know, also mention that this was definitely in a traumatized state for a lot of this. Um, But it's more of an example of just how I really understand that snowball situation of how it can go from one to the next to the next and how it all impacts the other. And this is just a small clip. This is just some of the things that I experienced. If you have experienced a concussion, post-concussion syndrome, um, you know And if not, maybe you can imagine, because I know there are a lot of other conditions, injuries, illnesses that are invisible that have a lot of parallels to this. I think actually grief has a lot of parallels to this, and grief was a part of it, of course. Um, I felt very lucky because in um, sharing my story about my concussion, I have met other people who uh, reach out looking for each other online of like other concussion survivors, concussion warriors, people dealing with brain injury. And it's really common for their, um, their relationship, their romantic partnerships to not make it. And I understand how and why that would happen. So imagine adding divorce to the list of things that you're already dealing with in this like horrible, scary time. Imagine what that takes from us, like what that takes, what it asks of us and what it takes for us to get through. 
Because of course, then divorce, all of these things affect money, affect your well-being, um, and definitely can affect your spirit and your hope. I can see how I might have fallen further without the support that I did have. I am in a romantic relationship. It did survive quite beautifully, actually. I lost friends and I had other friendships step in closer. I also met new people who understood what I was experiencing and therefore I felt safe with them. I felt understood without having to work at it and explain what was happening. I had experiences with health professionals that were really unhelpful. And I had experiences with health professionals that were lifesavers. There's a lot that I am grateful for. And there were times when I hated how long this was taking. Like when you go from that little third of the gas tank (laughs) and you're dealing with that, you know, you're not getting better tomorrow right? Like I knew at some point I'm like, oh God, this isn't going to be like next week I'll be back in action. No, it was very clear and very like, sobering isn't the word I want to use, but just daunting. Um, It was like a real hard truth, just like standing right there, just being like, I'm sorry, Danette, but you know, you have to really think about that this, this is going to be a thing for a while. You need to prepare yourself, you know, celebrating a little thing like going to the grocery store without having a panic attack. Like I didn't want to celebrate that. I was very angry about the fact that that would be a win (laughs) because I just wanted so much more than that for myself. And of course, at that pace, it brought like, well, how long is this going to take? You know, like if you're used to running and you have an injury and then it's just like, oh, can you point your foot back and forth? Like it's a huge celebration and... You know, it's totally understandable that you'd be angry and frustrated and being like, I really wish this was not my win. I really wish that I had completed that triathlon. I wanted that to be my win. There's loss that happens here. What really helps, here's number one, I said there would be three things, is zooming out, zooming way, way out. The day-to-day If you're going through one of these times, whether it's health related or whatever it is, you know what it is. The day to day is going to be hard. You know, it's going to ask a lot of you. Some things just take time. This is not the kind of thing that you know is just going to be gone in a week. And it's just true that like the next while (laughs) things suck now and, you know, you're like, And it might suck for a little while longer. There's just certain things that do take time. Things like grief, obviously injury and illness, divorce, transitions, sometimes unemployment. They can and they often do take years. You know, ask anyone. Maybe you've experienced this at a different time in your life, in a different area of your life. If you look to tomorrow, you know it's not going to be all over. If you look to next year you might still know that it's not going to be over then. But instead of defeating yourself in this way, acknowledge your grief in this and just zoom out even further. 
It's okay that you're angry about this. It's okay that you're frustrated. The bird's eye view, that big zoom out, like zoom out as just keep zooming (laughs) until you're a speck. Zoom out until it feels better. For some people, it's like zooming out five years. For other people, it's like zooming out of all of human history and realizing, wow, this is just so insignificant and like, why am I stressing? The zoom out is personal to everyone. This bird's eye view puts everything into perspective, specifically the bird's eye perspective. (laughs) And I think what I love about this is that you can see that it all exists together. You zoom out far enough so that you can see everything, the same size, tiny dots, everything is here. We're not zoomed in and hyper-focusing on the one crap thing, right? Maybe you wanna picture this like a map, okay? So when you were young, and you were say at elementary school, and you were thinking about school, that would have felt really huge on your map, right? That was your world if you were like, I don't know, 12 or whatever, like most of your life may have been spent in school. Now, if you're older, and you zoom out and you think about where school fits, if it's like a little country or a little patch on your map, you might just notice that it's just one of the many seasons of life, right? There's times of feast, times of famine, times of peace, and times of disruption. There's areas of movement, areas of stillness, of work, of play, of togetherness, and of times where you are going through this map on your own. Whatever crappy thing is happening now, even if it seems like it's been a long time already, there may be an equally long season of life where this is gone or where your experience of it is different from how it is now. Divorce and breakups are really good for this, right? So if you've been through this or someone else, they can take years, right? Like to build, to get prepared, like all the turmoil that like brings us to the head of like a potential breakup or divorce, the bursting. So like the moment where it happens, the like, oh God, all the change, all the chaos, all the disruption, And then that time to recover and the time to rebuild. Often these things take years, right? Talk to someone who's in the middle of it. Things might be really bad. Talk to them in six months, maybe a year out of it. Things might still be bad, but they will be different. Talk to them in three years. And what about five? Do you know someone whose life was unrecognizable in the best of ways, around three to five years after a terrible breakup and divorce? Well, if you know me, you do. (laughs) There's like, I've seen people go from like, like a devastating thinking they're never going to find love again. And then three to five years later, they have a completely different family. They have children, they have a dog, they've moved countries, they've changed careers. Like they're just, it's life is easy. And it really didn't even take that long. Often it's less than five. But of course, you know, it's hard for us to remember that when we're in the thick of it, when we're in that, you know, things are really sucking. It's hard to imagine like, man, five years from now could be really, really great. The nice thing about ebb and flow is that if you are ebbing, (laughs) you know you're headed towards your next flow. So the first tip that I have, I've just discussed zooming out, zooming out until it feels good for you. The number two thing I want you to remember when everything sucks is that change is the only constant. 
And this is true, but it's not as comforting when we are happy. When we are happy, we don't want to hear that things can change the drop of a hat. We don't want to know that because we want to preserve this happiness. This is very comforting, however, when things are crappy because it's not going to be this way forever. And that's all I'm going to say about number two. (laughs) Change is constant. Change is on your side when you're in a place that's feeling really garbage. Um, Things will change. And the last thing, number three. So this is continuously tuning your attention to your desired direction. This is now I'm addressing what I brought up at the beginning of the podcast, that mountain of momentum where one's the crappy side, one's the awesome side to really simplify things. Um, You know, when things are shitty, they get shittier. What about that? So if you're here, chances are you find, you know, if you're on that crappy side of the mountain and you find people who talk about positive thinking and good vibes only and law of attraction, you find those people probably very annoying right now. <laughs> and I think that this is a misunderstanding about how to how to use your mindset from a negative to a positive. I think the misunderstanding is that it's an all or nothing situation that like you could be like feeling horrible and all this bad stuff is happening to you. And then someone's like, hey, like pause vibes only or whatever. And they just want you to like, it just feels fake, right? It's just, and it also is like um, not really making room for you to feel or experience the thing that you're here to feel and experience right now. There are gifts and riches here. Um, I remember Dan Savage giving advice years ago about uh, a similar misconception or misunderstanding with open relationships. And that a lot of people thought, um, people writing into him were thinking that you're either in a monogamous relationship or an open relationship, negative or positive. And that basically when you open the relationship, you blow the door off the hinges, like it's just gone. It's like a free for all highway going on of like anything is happening. And he's like, no, in fact, You don't have to blow the door off at all. You can open it halfway. You can open it just a crack. Or you can just unlock the door and just leave the door unlocked. And that might might be a step towards cracking the door, halfway opening the door, and maybe one day blowing the door off the hinges. But unlocking it might always be enough. And that it's personal and it's completely up to you to go at that pace, but also you can stop wherever you want to stop. Like there's no rule telling you that you have to be happy all the time. This is a choice that you get to make. So you don't have to go from zero to 100 with your attitude when you are unemployed or getting a divorce or healing from an injury. It might not be true to you to do that. Um... So the name of my company is Radical Creative Sanctuary. The word sanctuary in Radical Creative Sanctuary means a space for truth, for all of your feelings, for you to be real with what you are experiencing, for you to let what you're experiencing have a home, a safe place. That's why I have that in the name. I have the word creative in Radical Creative Sanctuary because the act of creativity 
I don't, I don't mean that just in terms of artistic pursuits, but in creative thinking, in making something from nothing, in using your birthright of creative power and imagination to change and enhance your experience. That means I want to create a space where your feelings are valid, your experience is real, there is space to express them. I think this is important and self-loving. And I also want to create a space to empower you to use your imagination and yes, create change and yes, get to that other side of the mountain. Yes, choose how you want to feel about something. But the zero to a hundred, it doesn't work. Right? And it's not that the zero is wrong or that the hundred is wrong. This whole spectrum belongs to us all the time. It's about the order in which we do things, right? It's like the trauma and land and the house. It's like the land is important. The house is important. It's just the order of which we're putting things together. So if you were like, say, um, you know, you're, you're on the, the river bank, you're in like a nice grassy, it's wildflowers, everything's great, the land is solid, everything's cool. And you've got someone else who has fallen into this swampy part of the river, and they're like splashing around, they can't swim, they're drowning, maybe there's some like dragons biting their toes, it's just a bad situation. You don't look at them in there and say, you know, you really should just be over here on the river bank, like they can't leap out of the water and just land on the riverbank. So what is that next movement that they need to do to like ward off the toe biting dragons? What is that next thing that they need to do? Can they hold on to something for support? Can they slowly make their way closer to the riverbank where someone can then help them out? Like you can't just leap from one to the other. So that person who's splashing around, that's the, <laughs> when life is crappy, situation. You have every right to feel the pain you are feeling. And is there a slightly less painful thought that helps you feel a tiny, slightly teensy bit better? Is there a micro movement from that swampy place to the riverbank? You know, Here's an example. So you might be uh, in that swampy place right now. And if your thought is, you know, this is impossible and hopeless. You know, that's a really, that's a really sad thought. That's a really like, there's not a lot of room for you to move there. It might feel very true. And um, it's pretty still, right? So even if you change that thought to, I'm finding it hard to hope right now. See, we're not asking you to like be full of hope. We're just saying, shifting the thought from, it's impossible and hopeless too. I'm finding it really hard to hope right now. And then from there, I would like to be able to find hope in something. Do you hear the differences in those three thoughts? Hopeless is just like a door just shut tight. There's nothing there. It's, you know, you're, you can't see the way. I'm finding it hard to hope right now is also an honest thought. Not much needs to shift for those two things to be true. Because remember, you want these to be true. That whole feeling of like, slap a smile on your face. Like the reason why that's gross is because it's not authentic, right? But it might still be authentic to go from this is hopeless to I'm finding it hard to hope right now. And when you think about I'm finding it hard to hope right now, it feels to me like there's like 
a little bit of tenderness. The word impossible has gone. Um, it doesn't say that there's hope there. It just says that you're finding it hard to hope, which in itself opens up a tiny bit of breathing room for hope to exist. That's all you need. You don't need to make the leap. You just need a little bit of breathing room. I'm finding it hard to hope right now. There's something compassionate about that. There's, it's honest and there's some breathing room. And then if you go from that, we're still not expecting you to like, you know, okay, start hoping now. There's no pressure to start feeling any hope. The next true statement might be, I would like to be able to find hope in something. That is a big shift in itself. And you're still, there's no pressure to have that smile. There's no pressure to have like all your pain erased. You can still honor your experience and make even more room with that. Notice how those three sentences change your experience, change where your attention is going. When you change where your attention is going, your feelings often change as well. Like imagine a friend coming to you, someone that you love and you have your, you know, you're in a good place and they say, everything is hopeless. And then imagine that same friend saying, I'm finding it really hard to hope right now. And then imagine if they said, you know, I'd really like to be able to find hope in something. Can you imagine if you're thinking about a friend that you love going through this, how different your responses would be? This is the baby step process that helps you move bit by bit back up that mountaintop. So when you're on that crummy side of the mountain, the bottom of that mountain might be, this is hopeless. You don't have to reach the top. You're not going to reach the top in one leap. You just need to inch your way up a little bit. The further you go, the further you get up that mountain where it's like, oh, I'm finding it hard. I'd like to be able to find hope in something. And then maybe the next one is like, you know, I think I could maybe find hope in something like real baby steps here, right? You don't have to jump into hope. Uh, I'm ready to start hoping in something. You can just, these are tiny little, little steps, tiny little bits of like breathing room. They help you move up the mountain. The closer you get up there, you're going to build confidence in yourself. Be like, wow, I remember when I was hopeless and now I'm not. Now I'm like considering hope and I'm looking around for hope. Maybe I'm asking a friend to help me hope. I don't even hope yet, but I'm like moving there. You see that this actually works. And when you see that this actually works, that will give you the confidence and momentum to and strength to then continue on. What is the next slightly better feeling thought? What is the next true thing that I can say that's just a little bit better than this? You're going to build confidence as you go because it's working. Teensy weensy steps up the mountain. Is it going to take a long time? It might. It's taking, it's going to take a hell of a lot longer if you don't start. So the closer you are to the top, the easier it will be then to lean over to the other side, that side where things feel really good and things start to get easy. And oh my God, what a relief. And then that momentum can kick in for you when it's easier for things to get better. 
So dear listener, if you're on that crappy <laughs> side of the mountain, forgive yourself. Be kind to yourself. You're not experiencing this wrong. There is no straying from your path in life. I know sometimes when we feel like, you know, we're on that crappy side, it could be like, oh, my life is over there and I'm on the wrong side. It's like the crappy side of the mountain is like not even our lives, right? We're like, I'm supposed to be over there and I'm in the wrong place. Those thoughts are only going to keep you there because they're, well, I mean, if you believe that, it's just sad, right? Like, but if you think about it, what the truth of it is, is that we all have both sides and there's actually nothing wrong with either side. There's no straying from the path because wherever you are in your life, you're on that path. You can rest. You can take a break from the path. You can rest before you keep walking. You can turn around. You can find shortcuts, secret passageways. You could bring your car or your feet <laughs> or your horse, whatever you're on this path with, but you can come back around. And you know what? A lot of the times there is gold in them hills. Like they're on that side of the mountain that's the struggle. There are gems over there. There is treasure over there. There is so much that I have learned and I'm still learning that have enhanced my life so much from this brain injury in the almost two years that I've had it. Um, I don't regret it. I wouldn't be the same person. I have built so much empathy, so much self-compassion, so much more respect for my own energy. Um, I just couldn't have done another way. You know, so although it might be difficult, um, you know, uh, it's not, what am I, what's the word I want to use? It's valuable. It might be difficult, but it's valuable. You know, and don't forget that, you know, just as there's always that law of opposites, right? Like good, bad, um, easy and difficult, you know, squishy and hard. <laughs> and you know, while there might be times where you detour and take a longer time around, there's also times in life where we find those like fun little slides and secret passageways, the shortcuts that go easy. There are just as many of those as there are detours. I love secret passageways. And speaking of secret passageways, it's time for a note from our sponsor. I find that having my tarot cards read by someone else, someone with a new perspective and wisdom, someone who knows the way tarot cards can show you unexpected interpretations that change how you see things valuable when times are hard, that feels like a secret passageway in itself. Are you on my mailing list? Because Allison Tarr of TechCoven.com and I are joining up again to give away a very special in-depth reading for 2020 using her new gorgeous deck, the Modern Witch Tarot. Uh, this will be, unlike the last giveaway, that was like the first five people to reply giveaway, this one's going to be a raffle because this is a much more in-depth year-long reading. Um, so it's only available for folks who open my newsletters. So subscribers, keep your eye out for it. And if you'd like to be a subscriber, you can be at RadicalCreativeSanctuary.com on the homepage. Uh, there will be something there that says to sign up for the newsletter. And when you do that, you will also get a handout outlining the seven houses of heartbreak when you sign up. 
This episode and every episode of the Soft Shoulder Podcast is brought to you joyfully by techcoven.com. But before I go, secret passageways, <laughs> maybe this podcast will be one for you. It really doesn't take very much. You know, um, I love the idea of like a uh, an overnight success that takes like decades. <laughs> you know, there's all this stuff that happens until until something switches. It's like love, like you could be dating and going through all of this stuff. And then, you know, you meet someone, you have a new coworker, like something happens. And then boop, it just takes that second for everything to shift. And sometimes it's like meeting a person or having something. And sometimes I've had that by just reading a book, or even an Instagram post, or listening to a podcast. I really appreciate you spending your time here with me, especially when times are hard. You know, that's when I first started listening to podcasts was when I was going through one of these. I was on a real crappy side of the mountain and there was a lot going on. And podcasts helped me take those little steps. I didn't know how to articulate it then, but they were giving me those baby steps, those slightly better feeling thoughts up. And I made my way up and back over the mountain. If you're doing this right now, I know you're going through stuff that we call character building. And I see the real exhaustion that this kind of character building asks of us. So I see you here listening and looking to see how you are being challenged to love yourself now. You're here seeking comfort, seeking something a little better. The title of this is good news for when things suck or something like that. I don't know. (laughs) what I'm titling it yet. But if that's the case and you're here listening, you've already made that choice to have a better feeling thought. You are here doing it right now. And for this, I acknowledge you. And for this, I send waves of love and mercy. You are someone worth loving. It all starts with you. Take good care of yourself. We'll talk to you soon.